Hey everyone, I'm Jordan Flagg and welcome to the J-Thang Theory Podcast. It feels so good to be here with you all and get the chance to talk with you all candidly. In this podcast, we'll talk about everything from life to love to tackling your 20s in this day and age. We will discuss mental health, stress, trauma, and how to combat them in your day-to-day life because God knows I need a little help too. We will all come together once a week for a candid conversation that will hopefully leave you feeling better about your path ahead and ready to tackle the week in front of you. We will laugh, cry, and explore some uncomfortable topics, but don't worry, I got your back. I thank you all for joining me and look forward to our journey together. Unapologetic when we fuck up the night, fuck up the night, we getting fucked up tonight. Bet you you'll see far, bet you you'll see stars, bet you you'll elevate, bet you you'll meet God. I feel like falling in love. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the J Thang Theory podcast. I am Jordan, and it's so good to have you all here with me for another in-depth conversation. And this week is going to be about childhood trauma. I'm joined by my lovely, lovely sisters and best friends, Miss Brianna. Hey. And the one and only CL. What's up, y'all? So let's get this conversation started. So we are here for another episode of the J-Thank Theory Podcast. And as you heard in the intro to the intro, we are talking about childhood trauma this evening. And boy, um, (laughs) what did AJ say second episode? That's a doozy. (laughs) So, wow. Um, I'm going to start like I do every episode and I'm going to read the Google definition of childhood trauma. Um, I still have not found out who owns Google. (laughs) But... (laughs) But coming soon. So Google says here from a psychological perspective, trauma occurs when a child experiences an intense event that threatens or causes harm to his or her emotional and physical well-being. Trauma can be the result of exposure to natural disasters such as hurricane flood. Okay. Right. Um, And when I say childhood trauma, you know, I love everybody. We are all inclusive here, diversity and unity. Um, But we talking about the black household. Okay. Of course. And I love all my white friends. I love you so much. Shout out Abby. You know, I love y'all so much. <laughs> but we talking about in the black household because yes, childhood trauma is universal, but us black folks, we do it a little different. Um, so wow, I feel like that definition was great. Like it encompassed childhood trauma from the book standpoint, right? Like if I'm reading the book, I'm going by the book. That's what childhood trauma would say to me. Um, For me personally, I feel like yes to all that, but also it's a little bit deeper than those words that the definition said, because I think as an adult, I look back to, for instance, moments where it was like, okay, I did something as a kid, right? So I I maybe touched some food I wasn't supposed to touch, Right. right? And okay, yeah, as a kid, I knew it was wrong and I shouldn't have did it. But you know, as a kid, you're curious, you want something, you don't have that thought process like you do as an adult to say okay even though I want this I have to wait so let me wait and go do something else as a kid you're like I want it right now so I'm gonna get it and I sit back and I think about moments when like stuff like that happened and my parents are like you know you're a bad kid and what something like that will say to a kid so like yes right like threats are causes of physical harm and this that and the third but also like 
words, you know, like yeah. the things you say to a child can really be impressionable on who they are as an adult, their confidence, their self-worth. And it can all start with a simple word. Um, what, would, what do y'all think about as far as your definition of childhood trauma? What do you think based off what Google had to say? Um, like, I definitely agree with you when you say it, like, based off of words. And, like, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to dive in. <laughs> this is not a... <laughs> this okay. is not as trying to laugh at somebody's trauma. No, it's what it is. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all can see what I just saw. Exactly. And I also think it's I feel like it's generational. Like mm. trauma mm -hmm. is, is generational. It kinda doesn't start in my opinion, it doesn't start like maybe with our parents. It's like deeper. Like it goes back because the way that they were raised is how their parents were raised and how their parents' parents were exactly. raised. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's generational. It, it really is. And I, I'm i a preschool teacher, like, y'all, like, for my day job. And honestly, I do every day, like, trying to make sure that I am uplifting and encouraging my kids because it it's really one word. Like, calling a kid a bad kid or saying stuff like that, like, it really can affect them. Even at, like, a young age, like, if they remember that one word. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely what you said, and I, and I really do think it's generational. And to piggyback a little bit off of that, I know, like, my mama always would say, I just want you to be better than me. Yeah. I just want you to be better than me. But you're doing the same things that your mom did, so how much better do you think yeah. I'm going to be? Mm -hmm. Like, you're literally following in her footsteps. Exactly. So, I just don't, it's like, how do you expect me to be the better than grow? Yeah. I think, so, like, I agree with that. I agree with both of you, but that last statement you just said, Brianna, hit a little different. For me because i was talking to my mama y'all know y'all know and anybody who listening who really really know know me y'all know my relationship with my mom y'all know the struggles me and my mom has had mom if you listening you know the struggles we've had and we've come a long long way me and her we've come a long way um but i feel like for me it's like my mom would say the same thing you know i want you to be better than what my mom was to me and just to give you some context you know, my grandma was a crackhead and a lot of things happened to my mom because of my grandma's lack of care. So she put her in situations that, of course, as a parent, you would think that you wouldn't put your child in. And so my mom, instead of letting those things define her, she took them and she really turned them into her success story. My mom, if you looked at how she grew up and who she is now, you would not think that those things happened to her or that she would be where she is. And I love her for that. I commend her for that. And it is inspiring to see. But I always used to say to her, you know, I bring up the bad kid, bad kid thing again because I did some stuff as a kid. I was not a perfect kid. You know, me being gay, that was the whole thing. And then you get into some of the things that I did as attention-seeking methods. Um, and I say, well, you know, you know you didn't have this type of mom to be like, let me see what's wrong with my child. Or if this thing happened to my child and they're acting different, let me see why. But you didn't do those things with me. And I'm not saying that, you know, she had the book to parenting or that anybody does. 
But I sit and think now as a 25 year old, if I had a child and I see them acting out, I'm gonna be like, okay, let me try and figure out what's going on to make this child act out. Why are you acting up in school? A lot of times I misbehaved in school because I wanted attention, because I didn't get attention at home. You know, I have a stepdad who, we are also a work in progress, but we're getting better, but he was not the best version of a father for me, but he also didn't have the best version of a father for him. And then on top of that, me not being his biological child, that added, you know, fuel to fire. And so this will lead me into my question for Chelsea is, how do you as an adult find ways to combat the inner child in you coming out in the sense of when you have those moments with your parents and you feel like you're taken right back to that place? I definitely turn to therapy a lot because I feel like that helped me heal my inner child. And I do like small things every day to just make my inner child happy. And I think it helps working with like kids as well. And I will say just a side note, these new parents now, like they are the most gentle, like understanding parents. Like they don't, like you don't, the kids don't get like whip whoopings. Like that's not really normalized now because like, the parents are just so freaking gentle with their kids. It's like, okay, well, your kid's acting out today. Okay, well, what's wrong with it? Do you notice anything? Like, they're just, they're more so focused on what's going on internally with their kid rather than, oh, he just acting bad. Like, mm-hmm. so I really, like, acknowledge that and I really pay attention to that at my job. But as far as, like, me coping with, like, killing my inner child, it really takes a long time. Like, it's taken years to, like, finally feel like, okay, like, I'm healing her. And it's, like, I said, it's small things, like, standing up for myself, like, you know, standing my ground on situations because I was the kid that was afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't safe to speak up. So a lot of situations I would be in, I could never defend myself. I would just kind of, like, let people just run all over me. And so now... I don't do that, so I feel like, okay, well, I'm healing this part of my childhood because now I can stand on my own two feet and be like, hell no, bitch. You're not about to I'm not taking like that. that, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's small stuff like that. I'm like, grown now. Yeah, like, that, you know, I'm grown now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know Shout out to Tiffany Evans. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. wow, so, yeah, and so to piggyback off of that, I was listening to a podcast. I don't know if I told y'all about when I was doing a little Amazon. For the two weeks. <laughs> but we got paid. But we got paid though. When I was doing the Amazon for the two weeks and I was listening to um the mindset mentor. He has a really good podcast and his episodes are really short, sometimes eleven minutes, sometimes ten. And it's just a quick little tidbit. And he was saying that and and this is veering off a little bit from childhood trauma, but still staying in the topic of your inner child. Yeah. He was saying that due to things we experienced in our childhood, so things that were said to us in our childhood as adults we can then beat up on ourselves but we don't understand that when we're beating up on ourselves you're talking to that inner child that's within you so when you say you're not good enough or when you say i'm not pretty enough or i'm too big or i'm too this you're not hurting the adult you you're hurting that little kid you that still is inside of you and so he was teaching like how to combat those moments of because if if you're five-year-old self was standing right in front of you you wouldn't be like oh you ugly bitch you wouldn't say that to her or him but when we beat ourselves up we don't realize that's who we're saying it to and that's why that shit gets to us so heavy it's because it's like you're talking to the emotional well-being of a child in a sense and so this is going to take me into my next question 
So we've kind of talked about the emotional standpoint. So like things you can say, how to combat, right? Those moments of like, okay, I'm right back in that place. I'm feeling emotional. What is going on? But you brought up a good point and I love that you did because you naturally segued us into the next question I'm going to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the next question I'm going to ask Brianna and I'm like, yes, whoopings. Yes. Whoopings. Ass whoopings. And I just had an even moment of just like chills because I'm like, I remember having used to go pick out the belt. I used to have to break this, and I'm going to pick the leaf off that bitch. No. And I used to try and get the one with the most fucking leaves because, bitch, we're going to wait all damn day for this ass whooping. Mm-mm. It was crazy, though. It was crazy, though. So my question for you, Brianna, is in the sense of on the topic of whoopings, right? Because in my personal opinion, I feel like whoopings, after a while, they didn't do nothing for me. So how do you think whoopings as a child has affected how you are as an adult? And I know that's very general, so you can yeah. take that and bring it anywhere you want to. But just with whoopings, how do you feel like that type of punishment has affected you as an adult now? I feel as though it's kind of like, and I'm probably using the wrong, wrong terminology, but it kind of made me afraid. It yeah. made me afraid to say certain things. It made me yeah. afraid to do certain things because I'm thinking if I do this and I say this, she's going to give me this response. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I'm going to be getting my ass whooped. Right. And that shit hurt. <laughs> and that shit hurt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I think now it kind of, like, made me... It didn't do anything. I'm, I'm just going to be completely honest. It yeah. was like... It just didn't do anything. It was like, and then my mom would always say it's hurting me more than it's hurting you. It don't seem like it. But it's like, like you're enjoying this. <laughs> it's like you're enjoying it. All that did was cause fear. That's yeah. all that did. It didn't do anything else but cause me to be fearful to say things to you, fearful to talk to you. So I think like it didn't really do much for me, honestly. And my mom eventually stopped whipping me and we started like <laughs> throwing hands i'm not even gonna lie okay <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie and but it was just like i felt like that was kind of at, when you're a little kid like when you're one two a popping on the hand okay you touch the stove okay, i used to girl, get a leg girl. pinch you get what i'm saying that's one thing but a whole lot making me go pick the belt and you know that's anxiety right um, and then you sitting there with my ass from all the way across the living room to the hallway to the bedroom. You getting tired. I'm getting tired. We running around. That's just a lot of energy that could have easily just been used for us to talk. Mm-hmm. Or for you to just tell me, okay, I don't like that you did this. Yeah. And you're going to have this type of punishment. And explain to me why and explain yeah. what I did was wrong. I think the whooping, it took the, the safety out of household like it took that feeling of being safe in your own home it took that out like literally like mentally and emotionally safe that went out the door once whooping started like mm-hmm. you don't feel comfortable being like okay well let me go talk to them about this mm-hmm. like, Hell no. you be like i don't want to tell them shit. shit like and so then like you get older and you just you become more distant and i think everybody been through that mm-hmm. high school phase where you just don't want to deal with your parents at all 
but that's where it stems from and i feel like anxiety definitely stems from there like because you you really be fucking scared like you don't be wanting to open up you don't and then you bottle that shit in and you sit in your room and, and you, you angry and, and then let's be real like when you get in high school you going to your friends for advice don't no. nobody know what the right <laughs> so y'all all tell each other the wrong fucking no, thing older it was more so her thing was just lying to her like she yeah. would only whoop me if mm. I lied that was the only reason. and we gonna talk about that next because like, thank you scared, so like, <laughs> I'm sitting here shitting bricks and you talk next to me this question and you sit here give me the deaf eyes I'm, I'm gonna just come up and sit on my ass like, right. like at that point <laughs> and it really do be sitting at ass be like yeah yeah <laughs> now let me interject because it's crazy you reading my motherfucking mind bitch because I literally was sitting like that's gonna be my next thing so, okay, so segueing into the next. Right. Lying, right? Now, y'all know. Y'all know me. I be lying. <laughs> I be lying, bitch. And, and this is for y'all out there who maybe don't know me as well or we've only met briefly. Your girl be lying. And I'm not proud of it, but it's the truth. And I remember my mom got so mad at me at one point. She got so, so, so very mad at me because I told her that she taught me how to lie. And let me break that down for those of you who don't understand what I mean by that. So I told y'all I grew up trying to find my identity as a gay man as a child. So of course, when other people, other guys are interested in girls, I'm interested in boys, I'm looking at gay porn, I'm trying to, you know, I'm a kid, I don't know what I, why I'm feeling like this, I'm just trying to figure it out. And my parents used to always catch me, you know, on the house computer, they would find gay porn on there and they would ask me, are you gay? Now, of course, as a child, and this is stemming back to those whoopings, because I'm afraid of what the response to my answer is going to be, of course, I'm going to say no. Even though that necessarily isn't the truth, but because I'm afraid of what yes will bring to me, which is harm. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to say no. So now I learned that to get the response that I need to get, I need to lie. And so I feel like that helped too, because as an adult, I've made my own decisions to lie about stupid shit. But I'm just saying, as a child, that helped to condition the mindset of, okay, to get the response I want, I need to lie. Or to get the reaction I want, I need to lie. You know, if my parents would have opened the door and said, okay, Jordan, we saw this on the computer. We know, we understand that you might be curious. Do you have any questions that you would want to ask? You know, what are making you looking, what are making you look at these things? Did someone say something to you to make you look at this? What is going on in your mind to, to have you curious about this? And I don't blame them because I also know my parents are deep-rooted Christians and they're very, oh they're very, very devout to the Bible. So I understand that, especially at that period of time, gay is the same point-blank period in the story. And, you know, I sit back and I think to like the little boy and I'm not going to cry. I'm not going, I'm not going to do it. We're going to keep it cute. We got tissues We're going to keep it cute. Them dry-ass napkins. <laughs> <laughs> them dry-ass napkins. But um, I sit back and I think, I'm like, you know, there was no space created for me to be honest. Yeah. And so my mom, as an adult now, she'd be like, well, why do you lie? Well, what do you expect, babe? Yeah. And mom asking you, like, I'm curious, like, what do you expect? Yeah. When my whole life, y'all never gave me a safe space to be honest. Y'all never gave me a safe space to say, this is, why, this is how I'm feeling, or this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm angry about. It was never that. It was just beat them talk shit to him. You know, I remember vividly 
a, a period of time when my stepdad and my grandma, now mind you, my stepdad, you know, again, everybody's a grown, uh, a work in progress and nobody's perfect. And y'all know my grandma was a crackhead. So that's hard to give you some context. But I remember this one time very vividly. And this was when my little brother, shout out to Christian, I love you. This is when my little brother, I think he was like one or two maybe. And my stepdad, my grandma had called me upstairs and they stood me up against the wall. And they were just telling me, I'm not gonna be shit. I'm nothing but a faggot. You know, I'm gonna go to hell. You know, just basically just putting me down, you know? And it's like, how do you do that to a child? And then as that child gets older, you expect them to want to be honest with you or to feel like they can be honest with you. And that goes into what Chelsea was saying earlier about you took safety away from me. You took the feeling of, okay, I can come to them and be honest away from me. So now at 25, don't feel away because I'm going to lie to you just to get it over with because that's what I'm going to do because that's what I've been doing. And so, (laughs) yeah. And so it's like, you know, this shit is crazy, and I feel like hindsight is so 2020, right? Like we say all the time, if I could have been who I am now back then, right. yeah. I'd be like, fuck all y'all, because yeah. your husband is an alcoholic who cheats on you, your grandma a crackhead who'll sell anything for a rock. Fuck y'all, you know? Yeah. Now, as an adult, I wouldn't say that because, and Chelsea taught me a lot about this, is grace, because I've also done some fucked up things to my family over the course of my life as well, so I'm not perfect. Right. You know, and regardless of what those things were in reaction to, I still chose to do them. And so it's like, I have to remind myself that like, she was on crack, so she wanted her right mind. He was an alcoholic, smoking weed, doing whatever he was doing. He wasn't in his right mind. Also, look what they, look where they came from. People who weren't in their right mind. So I guess my next question, and this will be for you, Chelsea, is what is... My name is also Chelsea, if you don't know. <laughs> Sorry! That's my real name. <laughs> CL, honey. Y'all know, y'all know. But um, this next question will be for you. What is a moment in your life that you remember, you know, specifically from your childhood, that you remember that you feel like really was a moment that broke you? When you say broke, do you feel, do you, are you saying like, caused that or like do I feel like something that I kind of let's stick to parents okay yeah um honestly I remember the exact moment that I just no longer felt emotionally safe um and the crazy part is like I have like never really shared this before but because it's just so traumatic I was struggling in math like as a kid like I struggled so bad and I'm still like not that great with math like I you know okay get what I need to get done but you know like I struggled so bad and so one night my mom was helping me with my homework and I just was not getting it I was getting so frustrated she was getting mad at me because I was getting frustrated and so, which is which is crazy, but like she was getting like pissed off because like, why aren't you getting this? Why aren't you getting this? And I'm just like, I just I don't get it. Like I don't get it. Like I'm I'm frustrated, and I already felt bad because the other kids like could get math like that, and I will always be the like the only one in the class that would really struggle. I would have to go to tutoring. I would stay at tutoring 
all afternoon, you know, would not get home until it was like almost dark outside because I was just trying to learn this shit. And so my dad was like working late um, and I was like crying and my mom was like still getting frustrated with me and I was like crying and I remember um, she was like, she kept saying, I'm gonna call your daddy if you don't get it together. And so I was just in tears and I said, call my daddy, I don't care. Like, you know, I was just expressing myself, expressing my frustration and my dad was right behind me and I'll never forget, he snatched me up and gave me the worst whooping of my life. And that was the day I said, I just did not feel emotionally safe to talk to him or to my mom because I just felt like I'm frustrated. I'm not trying to be like bad or like disrespectful, but I just, I'm frustrated. Instead of taking that moment to be like, okay, Chelsea, calm down, just breathe. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's figure this out. Like she's getting mad at me and then he whoops me. And y'all like that whooping was the worst whooping of my life. And even after that, like my mom had to, she was screaming like, stop, stop, stop. You're hurting her, you're hurting her. And so he, one thing about it, like he like blacked out. And and so then when he realized, like when he heard me crying, he just stopped and he walked away. And so then like that night he was like, he just kept apologizing to me. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, I wasn't trying to hurt you. I wasn't trying to hurt you. But at that point, I had, yeah, I had checked out and I really feel like my fear in him started. Like, if you know my dad, like now he's like the most gentle with me, but there's a reason why. So he, his, his anger used to be terrible and it wasn't because of us, like me or my siblings or anything. It was because of the shit that he went through. What well, he, he was seeing every yeah, day. Yeah, and he never processed it. My dad was also in the army, like fighting the war, and he also was um, off duty. Well, he worked on duty too. He was on the police department. So it was just trauma, traumatic shit after traumatic shit. But to me, I just don't like, yeah, like we can say like that's the reason, but you don't do shit like that. Like you just don't do shit like that. And I think now it's always just, it really changed our relationship that day. Because if you know me, you know I'm a daddy's girl, but it really shifted that day. And I, that was the day like I just, I did not feel safe. Like that was the day like I started becoming very, like that next day I was quiet as fuck. Like, and I'm probably one of the quietest people in my family and that, that's where that shit started. Like, so, yeah, he's a lot more gentle now, and he's definitely changed and worked on himself. And my mom, like, they're all, they're both still working on themselves because when I started going to therapy, like, I started understanding them more, so I knew how to communicate with them and kind of figure out, okay, what is going on with us? So they're trying, but back then, like, that was probably the most traumatic, one of the most traumatic moments of my childhood, honestly. Wow. Thank you so much for... Sure. for being open to share no yeah. and that's okay um you know that's what we want to create is a safe space so people can understand that we all have things that we're fighting through and we're all going through things and we're all we all have a past yeah. and regardless of how good or how bad it makes us who we are yeah. so i think that's beautiful that you share with us thank you so much and so thank you so much jesse for sharing that was wow is what that was um so brianna i want to open up the floor for you um so what do you think that moment was in your childhood 
that broke you, whether that was emotionally or physically? What do you think that moment was for you? Okay, so I'm going to go a little sideways. Take it sideways. We can do sideways. Trauma can actually happen even when you're starting to become slowly into adulthood. Yeah. It, it's no time limit on it. Yeah. Um. So for me, it was um, me and my dad, we went to Hawaii for his 50th birthday party, but birthday. And everything was going good. Everything was going fine up until the last day. Um, me, his fiance, her daughter, and we were all at dinner. We were talking about the time difference and everything in that nature. And my dad tends to get really defensive when he's wrong. And so me, his fiance, and her daughter was um, all on the same team because we were trying to explain to him about the time difference and he was just wrong. And he decides that he's going to yell at me and threaten me um, like as if he's going to whoop me. Um, mind you, this man has never put his hands on me and saying that I'm, I have a slick ass mouth and a smart ass mouth and I need to respect him. Ooh. Mind you, I wasn't doing anything. Right. I wasn't doing any. I was literally just agreeing with the conversation. We were just on opposing sides. Yeah. I wasn't being disrespectful or anything in that nature for him to come out of his side of his neck like that. Right. Yeah. Real spicy. And real spicy. And me being the, the person that I am, I ain't gonna let you talk to me like that. Especially yeah. if I didn't do anything. It'd be some if I did something. Right. And he got really defensive and dismissive. Mm. And that's when I knew I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't talk to you yeah. when you get like that. And that wasn't the first time that he's done something like that. But that was something that made me just really realize it that he was doing it. Because yeah. when I was younger and I was a kid and he would do it, I would always chop it up. Oh, that's just my dad. That's just my dad. Making excuses. Making excuses for him. But mm -hmm. at that moment, I'm like, I really didn't do anything wrong. And I was very emotional. And, you know, he tried to come and give me that look. Bullshit as apology. I'm not even going to lie. It was a bullshit as apology. As it usually is. And I'm like, no, like you completely dismissed me. First of all, you disrespected me because I was your, I'm the only child, your child at that table. Because yeah. you didn't do that to nobody else at that table, mm -hmm. but just me because I'm your child. And you feel as like you can do that. Yeah. But it was wrong. You were wrong at that moment. Mm -hmm. So after that, I was kind of like, I can't really. My relationship was very strained after that for a little while. Yeah. Because I just, it, it ruined the trip. Now, whenever he brings up the Hawaii trip, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, I had a good time up until that moment. And at that point, I didn't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, you're ready to go back home. I was ready to go back home to my mama. Like, yeah. I was. <laughs> Bye. I was calling her and everything. It was just the time that she was asleep. Yeah. So, but, and I would say that was a moment where I was just kind of like, okay, yeah. Um, you, like, it could this just come. <laughs> yeah, this is dumb. And, like, and childhood trauma could come in many different forms. Yeah. Shapes and sizes. It's not just whoopings. Trauma It's trauma. not just uh, couldn't cuss out. It can mm. be getting dismissed. Mm -hmm. Not feeling hurt. Not feeling hurt. Mm -hmm. It can be so many different things. And it can happen at any age. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, and I think that's a good point that you brought up is the any age point. Because yeah. there's your younger child, right? So, I feel like you're, you're 5 to like 11, 12, 13. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the young adult you, which are also crucial years for development, which is that like 15 yeah. to 18, when it's like the things you do and say are shaping my mindset as an adult. Yeah. And so, for example, me and my mom had a conversation the other day. I remember I was telling y'all about how we got in an argument about the credit. Yeah. And 
you know, I had just made a little comment to my mom. I was like, well, you know, you didn't teach me anything about credit as a child. You know, I got my first job at 15. And from the moment I first touched, <laughs> from the moment I first touched money, I spent it frivolously with no regard. And I'm like, you know, if you wanted me to know about saving and money management, you should have taught it to me at those times. Yeah. Now trying to teach it to me at 23, 24, 25, yeah, it's, it's not hitting the same because I'm so used to mentally in my subconscious spending money on what I want when I get it. Even if, even though I know I have bills, yeah. but I'm like, oh, I want this. I want that. So I'm going to do that because it's always what I've done. And don't let that shit be a big ass check. Okay, no, baby. Because no. baby, I can bust a thousand dollars down quick. Okay. <laughs> baby, trust me. Right. And so, and she got upset with me because she's like, I don't want it to seem, I don't want you to make it seem like you not paying your bills or the things you choose to do with your money now are my fault. And I'm like, I'm not blaming you for anything I do now because choices I make now are choices I make now. Right. What I'm saying is when it mattered. So when I was impressionable and was easier to be taught, mm -hmm. which is when I first got a hold of some money is when you should have been like, all right, Jordan, you made $400 a day, put 150 to the side, yeah. put $20 to the side for the church. And then you got this much left for you. Right. And then that would have become edged in my brain. So then after a while, every time I got a check, I would have did that. Right. But then you're trying to teach me that at 23, 24, 25. And you mad because it's not working, sis. And I'm like, well, babe. Right. Because we don't want to sit down there and, and do and budget and shit. And so now it's like we got to figure out, okay. And, and honestly... At this point, because we're like 25, I don't think like this is something that they can help us with at this point. Right. No, we got to no. figure it out ourselves. Oh, no, oh. I told my mama that yesterday. I said, I don't want no help. Y'all can't help me with this. Like, I have to learn how to budget. And if that means like I ain't got shit in my account, that's my fault. That's how I'm going to yeah. have to learn. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, one thing, y'all, our sister and Bria, that girl know how to budget some fucking She would save a check, honey. And, like, and because her mom taught her how to do that early, like, Bria don't spend nothing. Like, she don't, if she don't have to buy shit, she ain't buying shit. We be having to be like, come out and come right. out. And spend some money. <laughs> she don't do it. Like, I'm like, dang, how can I be like that? Damn it. <laughs> but Chantrell taught her when she first touched a bag. Yep. Her mama taught her, uh-uh, yep. about the spending frivolously. And that's a perfect example of a key difference from, like, how I spend and how she spend. Yep. We both have worked jobs that pay the same and work the same amount of hours. And I'll be broke by the second day of having my paycheck. And like I tell her, I joke with her all the time because I'm like, you still got Bojangles money saved. Yeah. From yeah. when we were 16. They and I'm like thousands of dollars saved, y'all. Like she don't spend shit. Like, like at all. <laughs> no, she, she really don't. Yeah, I used to be like, like, come on, like yeah. let's what you doing? Like, yeah, we was like, Bria, come out, it, let's let's go like get something to eat. Girl, we can make that shit. At the house. And I feel like, yes. And so I feel like my mom, she gets a, she gets very defensive and dismissive mm -hmm. when I bring that up. And I'm like, I'm not trying to blame you. I'm not trying to hate on you because it is what it is. Like, mm -hmm. it's just a fact. You didn't teach me how to manage money. And so you get mad now when I don't know how to do it. But at the end of the day, a child is a product of the environment that they were in. Right. So if you wanted me to know about money, when I was a child, you should have taught me about money. Right. You didn't, and that's okay. And she claims, you know, oh, I didn't have the tools that I have now with Christian. Okay, but you knew how to save money when I was 16. Right. Because you saved money to get a house. We stayed in an apartment in Cary. It was a two-bedroom, small as hell. I think that shit was like 500 square feet. And all four of us was in that apartment for a year so she could save money to buy the house that they live in now. So you knew how to save money. You had good credit. You knew about credit, and you didn't, you didn't teach me nothing about it. Right. 
okay, yeah, you didn't have green light. Like you got green light with whoop. But the point is, sorry, I've been calling my little brother whoop. <laughs> um, but the point is, is you had you had the tools, you just didn't use them. Right. And I'm grateful that you're trying to use them now for a while. If you know me, you know my mom managed my money. But that just did not work because yeah. at the end of the day, shit happens. I'm going to spend and I'm also not perfect. So I'm going to spend the money. And so I try and tell her, like, that's another example of I'm not necessarily saying childhood trauma, but things you do or don't do when they're a child, how that can affect who the adult is, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And I want to be very clear for the parents that's listening. Nobody's trying to blame you. Nobody's trying to call you a bad parent because we understand that you don't have a book. There's no, no book. There's no guide. No so you're taking it day by day and you're going as, you know, you're learning as you go. And we appreciate our parents. Like, I think we can all agree. Yeah. Right. You know, and we I, love t- y'all. we love you. And, I, crazy, <laughs> but we love and I tell my mama all the time, like, if I didn't go through the things I went through with y'all. So if I didn't, for instance, if my stepdad and my grandma never told me those things, I wouldn't be able to go out in this world because, you know, being in the army, being gay in this world, I've had people say horrible things to me, but I'm like, if people who are supposed to love me can say that, what does it, what does it matter if you say it? Right. So yeah, it hurt, but you built tough skin, you know, cause mm-hmm. okay. A bitch can call me a faggot today, but your boyfriend be wanting me. But anyway, okay. <laughs> I digress. It's happened. It's happened. It really okay. <laughs> no shame. No shame. Check niggas. Check niggas. <laughs> well, so yeah. So it's like, you know, um, wow. But, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna take us to the end. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, for sure. And I just want to, first and foremost, thank you both for being so open and being so candid. You know, I know this is with each other, and we talk about stuff all the time amongst the three of us, the four of us. But to be open so that the audience can hear, mm-hmm. you know, your stories, and that we all have things is beautiful for y'all to be able to share. So thank y'all so much. Trust and believe you will be hearing their voices again, honey, because my sisters are here. Um, but we thank you so, so much. And we hope that you hurt, hurt. <laughs> we hurt. We hope that, you know, through this episode, even if you didn't learn anything that you just hear that it's okay to still have those moments where you're taken back, but you have to remind yourself that those things we went through as kids, God puts his toughest warriors through the worst battles. And I know I said that wrong. But Y'all you get, but you get the point. Um, and so you know, who you are today is because of those things that have happened. Yeah. And the more you remind yourself that, the better it will be. Also, remember that when you talk down to yourself, you are talking to your inner child. So yeah, you didn't get that love or that affection or uplifting when you were a kid. Give it to yourself now. You know, when you feel those thoughts coming on of I'm not worthy, remind yourself: No, you are worthy. Mm-hmm. You are beautiful. You are strong. You are resilient, and you can get through. And I promise you, day by day, because trust me, it's, it's a work in progress for me, but day by day, you will start to feel better and you will start to see yourself better. And another tool I'm going to leave y'all with that I learned is, and this has been working for me as well, and y'all two should try it too because it's really good, is you take all your clothes off and you look at yourself in the mirror naked because we put on clothes and makeup and hair and nails to make ourselves look better, to make us look like what we feel like we should. Right. But you got to be comfortable with yourself bare. And it isn't until you're comfortable with yourself bare that you can really love and appreciate yourself and really start to heal those negative things that were done or said to you in your childhood. So if you get some time today, take a shower get and get, get naked. naked. <laughs> and when you get out that shower, honey, just take a moment and just look at yourself and just tell yourself over and over again in the mirror, I love you. And you will start to see some things break through. 
the things that are holding you back from feeling that love, the more you say, I love you, you will start to see those things come through. You might cry. It might hurt. But that's how you can start to peel back the band-aids to say, wait a minute, this is what's stopping me from loving myself and getting over those things that happened to me as a kid. And those mm -hmm. things that were said to me, they're not true. So take that, honey, put it in your purse, yes. save it. Um, but thank y'all so much for tuning into this episode. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Brianna, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, thank you, and I'll definitely be back. Yeah, we coming back. Yes, and thank you all so much for tuning in. I will also include their social media in the bio of this episode. But thank you so much. Here comes the outro. So although we have come to the end of our time together, friends, thankfully we will get more time together next week. I hope, really, really hope that by listening to today's episode, you got to not only know a little bit more about me and can see that sometimes talking can be a healer, but also learn that none of us are perfect and we all have things to work on, but that doesn't make us imperfect. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of what I like to call my personal journal, then be sure to check out the podcast every Sunday at 6 p.m., I can be also found on Instagram at GoJGo, and that's G-O-J-A-A-Y-G-O. Thank you all so much, and I'll see you next week. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. I want to give a special shout out to my sister, CL, who has a new album out called With Love C. And if you're looking for something to play while you're starting the eggnog or getting your fire ready, then please make sure you go and listen to her album on all streaming platforms. And we're going to feature my favorite song, Christmas Gift, at the end of this episode. Attention. He said that's why he didn't mention